Teresa. Teresa. What? Okay, just checking. It's Schmanners. Extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm ready for the spooktacular festival of Halloween. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting all of that, but here we are. So, as my beautiful wife has mentioned, it is Halloween. And we kind of ran through what we've done. We've done seance before. I think that was a yeah. bonus episode mm-hmm. for last year's Max Fun Drive. Yep. Um, and I think we've done funerals. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about. And we did trick or treat. We did trick or treat. Um, when we were in Ireland recently, we went to the Irish Whiskey Museum. And there we were told a story. And I want to remind you, this was at a museum. We were told this by someone who worked at the museum. I will explain why I explain that later. <laughs> but what she told us was that when uh, people first started making, you know, hooch, making, you know, their own distilled hooch at home liquor, um, specifically whiskey, that like apparently the first third of it. I think she said it, it was called po- poutine. Po- nope. That's no. that's no. the thing with like cheese and gravy and fries. Poutine. Poutine. Putin. So it's something. It's like pot. Whatever. Yeah. It's. It I think comes. Putin is the guy. In, no. It's not important. It comes from the the name of the pot. But so the idea was they that make it I, what she said was that I think it was the first third of it was like so powerful that sometimes it would kill people, but other times it would just kind of knock them into a heavy coma. Well, and this makes sense because from our whiskey distilling adventures not making it but watching it um there is a separation of of the actual distilled liquor the head the heart and the tail and the tail right yes where the head does usually contain if the temperatures are not you know uh, uh, attended to properly can contain some methanol right and especially um, we're talking then, about like the hundreds and yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And then the tail usually contains like sediments or things yeah. like that. So it, it can be used as flavor when mixed kind of with the other stuff at a smaller percentage. But that the head is supposedly the, you know, the super powerful stuff. So that kind of makes sense. And so what she said was that what people started doing was holding wakes. And waiting, I think she said like three to five days or something. Well, she said it started with three days because the Irish are notoriously religious. Oh, and it only took Jesus three days. Yeah, Yeah. usually Catholic. And then what she said was, is that then if people didn't wake back up to the coma, they were buried. And I think at some point that extended. Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. My lovely bride, in Mm -hmm. her research, Mm -hmm. wasn't able to back that up. Yeah, I really, I 
really tried to explore, not the deep web, don't go there. No, no, no. A but deep dive, a I, deep Google. I did a deep Google. And With I like four O's. Put a all Google. of the different sort of like, I looked for, um, you know, newspaper articles and I looked for um, like church articles and I tried to find some something that kind of correlates in a medical way and and I I couldn't find anything to really substantiate this claim but I do want to remind everyone when we were told this at a museum by somebody who worked there who was Irish and so it is a good ghost story though isn't it it's kind of spooky well and this is the thing this is a much bigger this is why it popped in my head while I was thinking about Halloween things so, listeners to this show may or may not know this, but I have a bordering somewhere between a, a irrational fear and a, an irrational obsession with death. And I especially got really fascinated by the idea of being buried alive when I was a teen because here we are. But one of the things I read about was like they used to um, taught like so they'd bury you mm-hmm. and tie to like either your fingers or toes a, a line that then ran up above ground to a bell. Right. And this is where the term saved by the bell literally comes from, mm-hmm. because the idea would be if you woke up, the bell would start ringing and whoever was working would like come dig you up. But here's the thing. The problem with this is if there's a strong wind <laughs> coming through, suddenly, oh, that poor gravekeeper. All of the bells are ringing. Everything's ringing. It's terrified. There was also like people would be buried in like above ground glass mausoleums so you could like look in and see them. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of that stuff. And so this kind well, of fits and that in that all, same deal. That all really fits into especially the, you know, Victorian era uh, spiritualism revival. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, everyone was kind of really grappling with this idea of what is the life like after death Mm -hmm. and how does that relate to religion that we've come to know and and things like that. Um, I also want to say probably a lot of my obsession with this also came from, thank you, middle school and high school, for making us read a lot of Edgar Allan Poe, (laughs) especially around the holidays, and uh, y'all, Edgar Allan Poe, I think every other story he wrote was about being buried alive. So we are talking about wakes. And I know, listen. Well, I have I have just another thing I want to talk about as okay. far as this story goes. I did contact our our sister-in-law, Dr. Sydney Smurl McElroy. Co-host of Sawbones, co-author of Sawbones Book, available at bit.ly slash the Sawbones Book. And what I said to her... Um, was I said, could it be possible that maybe an average not doctor of, say, the 17th century um, mistake someone suffering from alcohol poisoning, either methanol or ethanol? Um, because although, I mean, the stuff that you want in your drink is ethanol, that can mess you up too, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, methanol can kill you like right off the bat. Anyway, could someone mistake someone suffering from alcohol poisoning for being dead? Um, and then could they also 
be so far gone, unconscious, comatose, uh, that you could wait three to five days. You could hold a wake. You could hold a funeral and then bury them. Is this medically possible? And Sydney said, who is this? How did you get this number? <laughs> and Sydney said, quote, I suppose it is theoretically possible if the degree of poisoning is profound enough to induce coma. If that were true with methanol poisoning, though, uh, I'd expect the person to actually die. Ethanol could be possible. Either way, the person pronouncing them dead would have to be doing a pretty cursory examination because they would still have a pulse and at least shallow breathing. So overall, unlikely but not impossible. Now, I will say, though, you said 17th century, but I seem to remember that like when our tour guide was telling us that it was more like 1200s, 1300s, 1400s. Like this is... Well, no, way, because way she talked about the Anglo-Saxon invasion, mm-hmm. um, which who knows when that could have happened, which happened later oh. than the twelfth century. Okay. Um. So, but the thing is, for for that to be absolute fact and not just kind of like embellishment, I would have to say that like. The circumstances, medically speaking, surrounding this would have to be so specific that I can't imagine that this was a common thing. Here's what I would bet. Here's how I could justify it. If you're drinking illegal whiskey, are you going to the doctor? Or are they just like, oh, they're dead. Mm, Better cover this up and bury them. I mean, in a rural area, you probably didn't have a doctor. And even then, like doctors in those days, if you listen to Sawbones, you know that they got it wrong. A lot. Okay, I will say at this point, we're talking around. This is all general things. So now tell me, what is a wake? How is it different from a viewing? That's like the number one. Because I'm used to uh, the unfortunate number of funerals I've been to that basically you go to a viewing that is either the day before or the day of the funeral. You all walk by, pay your respects, and that's usually where it's kind of general, not general public, but more expanded guest list. Mm -hmm. And then you have the funeral where it is a smaller, like, core group of people. So what's a wake? So a wake is kind of the precursor to a viewing. Um, Back when people used to be, um, used to die at home, frankly, Uh, the body would stay at home until burial. And, you know, funeral parlors are actually a a pretty recent construct. So the wake was like a social gathering to pay your respects in the same way that you would do a viewing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the wake usually lasted several days um, because, you know, people would travel in, they would come in and out, and there was, you know... There are a couple of different, like, religious and spiritual justifications for Mm -hmm. the length of time. Uh, But, like, it seems from the way that, that it kind of shook out is that the wake was more about coming to terms with the actual death. Mm -hmm. Right? Um. Whereas the funeral is kind of like 
this is for or the memorial right uh this is for like the community the people around this was more like feeling like you know especially if it was a young person or someone who died unexpectedly it was kind of getting it through your head you know um the other kind of spiritual things were the idea of um the 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 waking the dead right where it's um a combination of maybe the person might be mad that they died and you're trying to appease them or protecting um, them from like evil spirits protecting them from evil spirits things like that but it's very old um again another sort of tick in my brain being like well but it's probably not something that was invented in ireland specifically because it's even mentioned in the iliad Oh, okay. Yeah, it's quite old. Well, and I also know, uh, and this is such a weird point of reference for it, but like, I'm pretty sure it's in American Gods, um, where Neil Gaiman writes about uh, one of the characters, like, basically doing this very weird, like, seven day, I think, vigil for a character. I don't want to spoil anything, but like, Mm -hmm. that's very, like, you know, Norse uh, mythology. I also. It's and I'm I'm pulling from general hazy knowledge, but is there something similar to this in like Jewish custom of like there sitting is. shiva? Mm-hmm. Is Absolutely, it? Um, it, that custom is a lot more solemn than a than the kind of wake idea, which where although in the room where the person lies dead is probably very quiet and solemn. The rest of the home is often, you know, people playing games and drinking and eating and gossiping and and things like that. Um, There's a song uh, called The Night That Patty Murphy Died, and it might have been covered by, oh, now I can't remember the name of the band. Anyways, it's something I have listened to on many uh, St. Patrick's Days, and there's uh, a line in it of... uh, about putting a bottle of whiskey with the corpse to keep mm-hmm. the whiskey cold. And it's basically about awake and uh, about these people getting drunk and like losing the body and like um, getting loaded drunk, you know, as part of the way. And I think right. that that's a thing that people came, maybe stereotypically people think about the idea of like an Irish wake being like, let's get drunk. But I think of it more of like a celebration of life and which in general is how I come to think about funerals and stuff uh, nowadays. But anyway, you were saying I was saying that there's a, a practical side to it as well. Um, so when someone dies, they don't begin to decay immediately. But if you're going to let them sit out for like three to five days, there is going to be some decomposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and practically speaking, the idea of awake is kind of like guarding the body from maybe rodents, mm. cats, uh, you know, what uh, insects, all things, that stuff, all that stuff. And so uh, wild animals <laughs> sitting with the body, staying awake, watching it um, was something that w- was a necessity because you couldn't preserve it. You couldn't refrigerate it you know, like a morgue. So something had to be done. Somebody had to do it. Mm, Okay. All right. 
All right. So it feels like, because if you had asked me before this episode, the difference between like awake and a viewing, mm-hmm. right? I would have said like, well, awake's a party, but not necessarily. It seems like awake and a viewing are actually very similar, but a viewing is like the end is is the latest evolution yes. of a wake. Especially now that um, most of these events take place out of the home uh, in largely funeral parlors. This is kind of like before the formal ceremony, have your own kind of private ceremony between you and the deceased. Okay, because I also would say that in modern day terms, um, I would define a wake now as being a social... Yeah, celebration of life, more of a party kind of deal that either memorial happens. type thing. Yeah, but I mean, literally now I think about it as like a party. Yeah, okay. Where it's like either before the viewing or after the funeral, you know, where it's like the viewing is your chance to like say your solemn goodbyes. The funeral is a chance for like the family to say goodbye. But awake is a time to like tell funny stories about the deceased and like remember them and like talk about the impact on their life while you all celebrate their life. Sure. Right? Not that any of those are mutually exclusive from one another, but if we were really trying to nail down the division of terms, mm-hmm. that's what I would call awake now. Sure. I can oh. dig it. Okay. Well, we solved it, and we're going to be back to answer <laughs> some of your questions. But first, a thank you note to some of our sponsors. I would like to say a thank you note to Squarespace. I'm starting to consider getting a Squarespace tattoo because I love them very much and I talk <laughs> about them all the time. I listen, I remember being a kid and the internet starting and like everybody building really like dumb websites. And now here we are, 46 years later, <laughs> and it's a chance to like build a beautiful website that's functional. And what do you need to do? What do you want to do? You want to showcase your work? Are you an artist? Are you a writer? What do you want to do? Do you want to blog? You want to publish content? You want to sell products and services? You can do that through Squarespace. It's amazing. They have beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. They have powerful e-commerce functionality so you can sell stuff through your site. They have built-in built-in search engine optimization and analytics and 24-7 award-winning customer support. And you do not need to know anything about, like, coding or anything like that. It's super easy. And there's, like, countless tutorials you can find for it. If you want to see, um, like, what can be done with it in, like, 15 minutes, you can either check out, like, macroshows.com or buttercupisaverygoodgirl.com, the website that I made dedicated to our very good dog, Buttercup. <laughs> um, and so you too can build a website if you go to squarespace.com slash schmanners for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code schmanners to save 10% off your fir- first purchase of a website or domain. Go check it out. Schmanners is also sponsored in part um, by Away, makers of first-class luggage at a coach price. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, so we received a, 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 a promotional item from them, a carry-on size luggage bag. Yeah, there it is. Okay, we got that. We got it. Um, and the thing that I was so impressed with is it looks so sleek, but it is completely it's like featherweight. Yeah. It's super, super light, but still doesn't feel 
like you know it doesn't feel cheap at all it feels, feels sturdy. very sturdy yeah durable yeah and it also has listen we travel a lot and especially with the kid we have gone through a lot of suitcases in the last like five six years mm-hmm. and what you find is like the the form like the shell of a suitcase right it's hard to look at and say like oh that's why that one's better than this one it's the stuff of like, oh, and there's a pocket hero that's perfect for that. So this won't roll around. And oh, it has a built in charger. Like, the, or like the wheels feel yes, like solid. The handle is like good and isn't going to like break apart halfway across the airport. Doesn't oh. feel wiggly or wobbly. Right. So they use high quality materials and they're able to offer a much lower price by cutting out the middleman and selling directly. Um, so we talked about a few of the, 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 the thi- features? The features, yes. Um, and one of those is a patent-pending compression system. Thank goodness. Helpful for overpackers like Travis. Yes. Or maybe you need three or four uh, new t-shirts a day like BB. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say like Travis. Okay, great. Uh-huh. Um, and these carry-ons are able to charge cell phones, tablets, you know, anything you, you use your USB cord for. Um, and a single charge of this carry-on will ch- charge an iPhone five times. That's amazing. Uh, so you would have to use it as a carry-on if you are going to uh, take the charger with you because it is a, a lithium battery. But the, the battery is removable. It's yeah. removable. So you can take it out and check the luggage if you want to. Um, there's a lifetime warranty, and if anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you for life. So... Our special offer for our lovely listeners is for $20 off a suitcase. You can go to awaytravel.com slash schmanners and use code schmanners at checkout for $20 off. Fantastic. In a world dominated by dude bro movie podcasts. A world where Casey Affleck has an Oscar and Angela Bassett does not only one podcast is brave enough to call bullshit who shot you with ricky carmona a lot of people don't know porks puerto rican alonzo duralde i would eat oak jaw <gasps> april wolf i want to interrupt and say yes. that the fish man was real sexy drea clark i have a real soft spot for king kong and women of color i was like damn I just felt like the film was so sour and so completely irrelevant to basically anything in life. Who shot you? Listen every Friday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. You never know who you'll run into in Fairhaven, the city under the bubble. Allison Becker. Eliza Skinner. Keith Powell. Mucus-drenched imp monsters. Rob Corddry. Christelle Alonzo. Judy Greer. Grotesquely possessive carnivorous plants. Justin McElroy. Travis McElroy. Griffin McElroy. Terrifying, malevolent, sentient beards. John Hodgman. Paul F. Tompkins. Lisa Loeb. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. Um, so this we got a we got some good questions here. Oh, good! This first one comes from Charlotte, 
What to do if the other people invited are people you don't see too often, former colleagues, distant relatives, etc. Is it okay to catch up as long as you're quiet or should that be saved for a different time? Um, well, we were talking about kind of the differences between these things. And I think at a wake, um, you're encouraged to, to be a little less formal mm-hmm. than you would uh, during any other kind of service. Um, because, you know, a lot of these places will have food available, um, which is a, is a social stimulant. Um, so, yeah, you can you can chat. Even at a viewing, I would say that it is okay to catch up as long as you're, like, removed away from, you know, where the the deceased is laid. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of a deal. But, yeah, I mean, these things, like, for centuries, funerals and wakes and viewings, all of these things have been social, you know, you talk about distant relatives. Mm -hmm. Think about if you had relatives come in town where you couldn't call them. Or, like, Skype video with them or whatever. Like, yeah, of course there's a social aspect to this. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, you'll probably have tea. You might be there for for hours, yeah. depending upon the, uh, you know, the custom of your area. So, you know, there's, there's no need to be, like, super somber the whole time. I can also say, as someone who has been one of the family members hosting a viewing... Some sort of social aspect is, at least for me, I appreciated it because it, so that way it wasn't just the whole time, like somber and Yeah, put your, put your sad face on the whole time. You don't need to. No. This question, speaking of, this question is from at Keen Character. I'm one of those people whose involuntary reaction to sad or distressing situations is to laugh. How do I explain this to folks in a way that isn't awkward or disrespectful if I accidentally lose control and giggle or grin? Oh, Giggle, grin, you should be able to be able to do that, especially if you are recalling and regaling fond memories of That's the deceased. That's what I was going to say. Because you can always say, like, I was just remembering this really fun time I had with them or this yeah. great joke that they said. But that's the thing. Also, listen, everybody experiences things in different ways. And I understand your desire to not upset anyone or ruin someone else's emotional catharsis or whatever. But you're also allowed to experience things the way that you experience them. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that you are worried about it means that you're probably doing a good job being reasonable about how much you're reacting to it. Exactly. I think you're probably doing okay. But yeah, man, listen, if you need to grin and giggle a little bit, I get that way too. You know what I mean? You're always trying to lighten the mood. Yeah. And more than that, like sometimes I just get a little like, I don't know, it's like slap happy is not the right word, but kind of. I mean, gallows humor. Is that the right word? I think that is. Yeah, where like you end up wanting to just break the tension a little bit. And sometimes that comes through as crying and sometimes it comes out as laughing. It happens. I think it's totally normal. Um, This is a question from at grilled cheese by. Sure. What kind of gifts are appropriate for bereaved loved ones? I usually would buy flowers and make food. But is there anything that could be more meaningful? Um. Um, well, I mean, I think food is a very common thing. Um, flowers are often reserved for the funeral, for like the actual kind of ceremony. That probably comes from, not to jump back or be weird, but that probably, you were talking about the body smelling a little bit, right? Yeah. Is that probably why we did flowers? I wouldn't put it past you. I bet that's it. Um, but, I mean, 
it really just depends on how how well you know the family, how close you were, um, because you may find something that really speaks to you as a gift. Um, but things, uh, people can bring like cake, right? A like dish, food, like a, a dish. lasagna or casserole. Um, if you if you want to, you could also ask if there's anything you can do for like the physical preparations, like maybe bring extra chairs, maybe bring extra plates. Um, things like that are always appreciated. And I also think that when it comes to this, you can't overestimate the value of like time, effort, listening, mm-hmm. those kinds of things that you can give someone of like, let me take care of this and you just go sit and talk with people and I'll clean up the kitchen or I will um, do you, how are you doing? You know what I mean? That kind of thing is worth more than I think anything you could buy. Cause that's really what you're doing with food is not just giving the food, but you're saying like, I've taken care of dinner tonight for you so that you don't have to. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a gift of time. Yeah. Um, but you shouldn't feel obligated to really bring anything other than maybe a, a, a card yeah. expressing your condolences if you, if you can't do it um, through your through your words face to face. But like, I don't know. I don't think that gifts are something that people expect at wakes other than what we said of maybe food or um, or, you know, practical things like chairs to assist. And you know what? I will also say if the person um, does drink alcohol some sort of I listen I would say I would appreciate a bottle of whiskey um that you know depending on what kind of wake you're going to that's always a thing or or you know maybe just a bottle of wine if you don't want to go like full on whiskey but <laughs> that, that's an option um this again question, people who know you would yeah. know that um this question is from Krista do I have to wear black um no because black is is usually um, reserved for like the funeral, which is kind of, or even the burial, which is kind of like the official start of the morning time. And isn't that morning is like for the family, right? Like right. traditionally. I'm, traditionally. I'm talking about like traditionally, customarily, like you don't have to wear black if you just like knew the person. You could. You could. You absolutely can. You don't have to. I would say that you should stay away from like vibrant prints because those often seem quite celebratory. Mm-hmm. Um, but solid black head to toe is not necessary, especially for a wake, which we've we've now defined as more of a social event. Right. And um, also, once again, just because it's always important, I think, for us to clarify this. There is different customs and different ideas of like what represents mourning and what represents what colors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I just think about just across the globe, you know, it's not necessarily that everywhere you go, it's going to be black. You know what I mean? That and is like, very true. So I, I would say, you know, you do you um, just so long as you're being respectful and thinking about it in those terms, you know, maybe you know, like T-shirt and jeans or something along those lines. But I don't think you have to, like, go full on Lydia Dietz. Like I said, try probably stay away from, like, vibrant prints. Uh, this question is from Kaylee. Is it appropriate to not attend a wake if there's also a funeral? I have an odd relationship with death and wakes make me uncomfortable. Listen, Kaylee, 
This is me, your friend Travis, <laughs> host of the show. And I'm not being flippant when I say I understand. I also, as I said, have an odd relationship with death. It has been a thing that I have, this is not a joke, been anxious about since I was four years old. Um, and I get it. It's very upsetting for me. But here's what I will tell you. Awake um, and, and that kind of thing, that's usually very a, a chance to support the and people. And be supported. And that's, yeah, that's what I mean. And so, like, a funeral is, I think, important. But a funeral is much more about saying goodbye. Whereas I think a viewing, and especially a wake, is much more about being there for the people who maybe it is, like, directly impacting. So you're all together and saying, like, hey, mm -hmm. we're in this together. And so... You don't have to necessarily like go up to the body. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. There, There is no rule about how close in proximity you have to get to any any deceased body. Yes. Um, as But the the wake is really a chance to to come together uh, and and build your relationship, even if it's not not very, um, you know big at the time and you also don't have to stay forever you yeah. know what i mean like that like this allison also asked how long do i have to stay and i think like especially if it's like you're going for a friend for whom the deceased was like directly connected or something you're going to say like hey i'm showing my support for you do you mean anything i just want you to let you know that i love you and i'm here for you and then you know they once are, that is accomplished yeah because also, there's probably going to be a lot of other people there that are, like, talking to them and that they are kind of hosting with. So you don't have to stay long. Listen, I also will say, Kaylee, if you absolutely positively, like, can't go, I also get that. But I think this is one of those things where you really have to decide, like, will it really matter to this person that I was there to support them in this time? Certainly. Um, but, yeah, as far as how long you have to stay... There's, like, no set length, I think, as long as you have shown your support. Um, and also, Mimi asked, is it appropriate to go to wakes even if you don't know the deceased but want to be supportive to your friend slash their family? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, because that's the thing. Listen, not to be, I don't know, callous maybe is the word, but, like, that dead person doesn't care if you're at their wake or not. You're not going for them. You're going for the living, you know? That's the way I look at it. And so you're going to support your friend. Like, no one's going to say, like, you didn't know that. Like, no, you're there to support your friend. And once again, not to get up on this horse, but having been on that side of it, seeing my friends there and knowing that they came to show love and support for me meant all the world to me. So, yes, I think it's totally appropriate. Um, And one last question. This is from at Fretzel. As a non-religious person that doesn't feel personal need to pray at the foot of a casket but doesn't want to seem disrespectful and not take a moment up there at all how can i make a gesture of respect without feeling like i'm faking something um again i think that you need to focus on the relationship um and rem remember that uh, although wakes can be kind of demonstrative uh like about showing how how you were you know affected um it's like you said it's more about the people who are there not really about the the deceased so i think as long as you make a point to connect with the loved ones the bereaved 
that's that's what you need to do that's the most respectful thing you i i don't even think that you need to even be seen standing over the body i agree that's the thing i remember for a long time i would go to viewings and stuff for i don't know various people mostly a lot more when i was attending church that was like a Mm -hmm. thing that happened a lot and i would walk up to the casket and feel weird because i didn't feel a big emotional reaction to it right and eventually i learned like you don't have to go up and like give your respects or say goodbye or whatever like you're there for that and if you feel the need to totally but like it's not obligatory it's not a thing of like you didn't go up to the casket get out of here like (laughs) it's gonna be okay if the spirit moves you oh boy and i mean that as like lowercase s spirit not capital s spirit Right. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Um, this started a little spooky. Maybe ended a little touching. Just like every episode. <laughs> you know how every episode of Shrans is a little spooky? Have you all noticed spooky. that? It's the normal trajectory of every episode. <laughs> um, let's see. A couple things before I forget. One. Oh, um, we are setting up a McElroy newsletter. Um, because, listen, at this point, we've got so many weird, different irons in the fire. And we want to make sure that you don't miss any information about it. So if you go to bit.ly slash mail, you can sign up for it. We've got a Schmanners, or sorry, we've got a Candlelight show coming up in December. It's sometime around, I think, like the third weekend. We don't we don't have the date 100% nailed down, but that's going to be in Huntington, West Virginia. Um, that's actually going to be announced. The date is going to be announced in the newsletter. So sign up if you don't want to miss that. Um, let's see what else. Go check out all the other amazing shows at MaximumFun.org. Uh, book two of the Adventure Zone graphic novel is available for pre-order now. If you go to theadventurezonecomic.com, you can also order the Sawbones book that we mentioned earlier in the show, written by Justin and Cindy McRoy. I've already read mine. Uh, you can get it at bit.ly slash the Sawbones book. Do you want to give any kind of review of it or just say that you read it? Um, I want to say that... I love the podcast, and I think that it is very well replicated by the tone and and voice in the book. And also, the illustrations are great, done by Taylor Smurl, that's Sydney's sister. And if you are a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of weird medical history, if you're a fan of things that are funny, or if you know somebody who is of any of those things, get the book. It's going to make an amazing Christmas present, or maybe just a present for yourself. Um, what else, Teresa? Well, we always thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is super catchy and available as a ringtone where those are found. Um, also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for the Facebook banner of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Go and join that. There's a lot of really excellent people in that group uh, giving and getting some really excellent advice on manners and, you know, life. Uh, And I think that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.